Welcome to the show where we only need to be dressed from the waist up. Thankful for that, because today it's a cold day. Today on the Backyard Gardens podcast, did we meet our garden goals? That is the ultimate question. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening as we learn to grow and grow for change. I'm a little nervous that I didn't do what I said I was going to do earlier this year. And what's even better, I know exactly what you said you're going to do. And I don't know that you remember. Uh, so I'm the keeper I don't, of the I don't. list. Yeah. I don't. It's uh, it's nerve wracking at best. So I, I feel like we're both put on the spot today. Yeah. And um, I'm ready to get through these because I know the ones I met or maybe didn't meet. And I want to be able to just fast track it through and, you know, save myself some embarrassment and get to the recipe of the day. That's my goal here. That's my new goal. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say that I met all of my goals. Okay. That's what right. I'm going to say. All right. I'm going to go on record saying that in the beginning. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So, um, housekeeping items. Batavia is the keeper of all lists. Mm -hmm. So, shoot. All houses. Um, So, I want to um, ask about the greenhouse and specifically the temperature in the greenhouse. Because we're in the November, December-ish time frame here. We just had a cold night for us it was 35 degrees last night okay okay. and it was 40 degrees this morning when i got up and that is still without zero insulation okay so i'm i'm pretty happy with that i'm you know five degrees for me is a big deal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um a little bit of insulation could go a long way but i'm holding off as long as possible basically because i'm cheap but i don't need, need my cheapness to uh hinder my growth so yeah that is a thing so five degrees is is the difference between freezing and not so that's significant for sure yeah yeah that is significant and when uh last week we had that um we had some rain it's like some heavy rain and i went out there in wind and um i was standing in there and i could see like it didn't get wet in there, but there was definitely drips, mm-hmm. which was good because that's a good indication of where the leaks are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, for for heat to get out and stuff like yeah. that. So um, and the other issue that I have is I've said many times like, oh, I'll just go out and um, close the door early and trap the heat in. Mm-hmm. Well, the vent is on automatic um, cylinder. Okay. So it goes up and down. So when the temperature gets hot to a certain degree, it opens up automatically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's really good in the summertime, but in the winter, it might hinder me because I can't trap the majority of that heat in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it seems to me that the vent closes when it gets to about 60. 
So like if it, it got 80 degrees yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm going to trap the heat in, it quickly dropped to 60, but then it slowed down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More incremental. So it's just all... So 35, how much colder do you guys typically get? Well, I mean, we'll get into the 20s okay. at times. You know, I mean, we, we definitely get cold weather, but yeah. it's hit or miss. Yeah. So like we usually what it is is we'll get into the 20s and then... You know, we'll do that for a couple of days and then we'll get up into the 30s, you know, right around freezing at night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we'll get back down. So it'll go up and down, which is why I really wanted, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to venture into like an uber fancy greenhouse because mm-hmm. I, we have that fluctuation and we have those warm dates. So it's all about on the cold, cold nights, just making it through that night. Okay. Yeah, so I've been doing a little bit of research, not necessarily for your greenhouse, but it benefits it. And there's some cold, hardy vegetables that aren't like freeze hardy, you know, but it gets around 26-ish is the place where Mm -hmm. things start to turn, 26 degrees Mm -hmm. Fahrenheit. So if even if you guys get into the 20s, you could potentially still hover over that that Mm -hmm. 26-ish degree um, mark in the greenhouse. So, yeah. yeah. So I, and full disclosure, I am running, um, I have a project coming up soon where I'm going to run water out to my garden. I'm going to put a faucet out there, but at the same time, since I have to dig a trench, I'm also going to run power to my shed. Ah, uh, okay. Because it's like, all I gotta do is buy the wire at that point. It's not mm-hmm. really that much more. So I, I will have an option to run a space heater in there if needed. But my intention is not to heat it so I can grow things outside of its range. Mm-hmm. My intention is on a bad night, give it a little help. Yeah. That's my intention. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, I wouldn't run power out there and I haven't, and I've never really, really wanted power out to my shed, but I'm like, hell, if I'm going to dig a damn 18 inch trench out there to lay water pipe, then I'm, I'm going to do electricity too. So, okay. I'll be able to charge my phone while I'm out there working. <laughs> it's yeah, I actually, this is one of my favorite things. I did kind of a, yes. um, and Oprah, you know, these are your favorite things last year for some friends of mine where I gave them like my four or five favorite things. And this was one of them. And it's filthy because I carry it in my garden apron often because I'm charging my phone mm-hmm. when I'm out in the garden. So, so yeah, there's that. Ah, That's yeah, why you get a black one. Oh well, yeah, but you know, come on, black only yeah. looks good when it's in this. I'm pointing to. Uh huh. Somebody's got some backyard garden swag on. I'm telling you, I'm actually sitting in my backyard garden. I relocated my office to the backyard just to be true to the show. So she's totally lying. Yeah, well. <laughs> So, yeah, Batavia is rocking one of our new sweatshirts Mm -hmm. that apparently she's happy with. And um, you can get them. There's a link down in the description. We have T-shirts, sweatshirts, all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. available for you to purchase just for yourself. Help support the show. We would love it. It's also in our social media profiles and on our YouTube page. Yeah. So this sweatshirt is not page. Okay, I think they get it, though. It's super cozy. (laughs) Like the inside of it is that warm and fuzzy material. And is it? Yeah. Yeah. It feels really good. So much so where I needed to get a blanket to put over my legs because I feel like, you know, like I don't want to move now. I'm all warm and, and cuddly and cozy. Yeah. 
That's uh, you know, it's funny because this is the first. This is the coldest it's been yet, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about wrapping my legs in a blanket as well. <laughs> so I'm actually rocking my um, pajama bottoms right now ah, because okay. I didn't feel because it's going to get see, and this is the thing, it's going to be 70 degrees today. Yeah, yeah. So I don't get pants on, you know. I don't wear long pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I just walk okay. around naked all the time. <laughs> I don't wear long pants until it stays cool during the day. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, so my housekeeping item, um, still no socks at the time of this recording, um, but I have, yes. yeah, I have transitioned into winter boots. So I am barefoot in those boots, but um, yeah, I had to cover my ankles at this point. This past weekend, it was a little bit nippy. Was it? Yeah, what was the temperature? Yeah. I don't know, like probably in the lower 30s. Um, mm. and as I a was, high? As a high, yeah. And so I went Ew. to the farmer's market. It's the last couple of days of the farmer's market and they're doing total social distancing. So when well, you know, when you're out and moving, you don't necessarily feel the temperature, but when you have to stand and wait for, you know, in the apple yeah. line, <laughs> that temperature grabs a hold of you. So it's not that windy, yeah, yet, we, which is good. We go to Cub Scouts with my son every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go to every meeting. And they're doing it in a church parking lot and they don't want to go inside because then you have to sanitize everything. So there's meeting outside. Yeah. So when we go, I can't stand still. Mm -hmm, I have to mm -hmm. pace in the parking lot. Yeah. And I think the other day we paced, uh, you know, we walked. It's a fairly long parking lot, but we did 5,000 steps within that hour, just kind of walking back and forth, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, because if I stand still, I get cold. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. All right, so and last, I'm not hardy like you. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm folding that into a compliment. I like it. Batavia is hardy. Yeah, yeah, hardy Batavia. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally not. I'm like, you know, that lettuce that gives you the idea that you know it could stand the cold temps, but you come out and then it's all wilted. That's that's me. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> the facade is hardy. Oh, I got one other um, housekeeping item. Um, Amazon Prime, check out Portrait of a Santa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just for you for Christmas. Watch it. Share it with your friends. Touching guy. Love him. You'll never look at Christmas the same again. I promise you. Yeah. I've also transitioned into my fall coffee mugs as well. So this one isn't necessarily fall themed. Cheers. But it is um, kind of a deep red color. And this makes me think it's okay that it's cold. So I never drink out of this in the summer. So here we are. So what are you drinking this is just coffee, coffee cream sugar. You grew it? Um, no, there's no way I could turn that into. I collected the rainwater that I used for the coffee. I totally did, but I'm drinking a mint peach tea. Ah, is that your mint? It is my mint. Is it the one it that you not, grew in well, that bag? The um, yeah, okay. it's the one I grew in the bag. Yeah, nicely done. Yeah, and actually, it's funny you brought that up because I haven't really used too much of it, and uh, it kind of got out of hand. So I've got to really go out there and like handle it, mm-hmm. you know, trim it up and get it out of the ground before it spreads. But um, we were filming, spoiler alert, an episode for a backyard kitchen, mm-hmm. and we were cooking a dish, and I was like, I don't know, man. I was like something, and we we eat something. it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's just missing something. So I told, um, I told, you know, I called cut. We stopped cut and rolling for a minute. And I was like, I got it. So we started rolling again. And I was like, 
let's go out there and get some different herbs out of the garden and just like do a test and mm-hmm. see what would go good with it. Mm-hmm. And um, damn it, the mint was fire yeah. for the recipe that we were doing. Yeah, it turned out really good. It was a little awkward because the show's not really set up like that mm-hmm. to do it. But I was like, I'm just going to grab a camera. We're going to go yeah. pull it out. But the mint, you know, we grabbed a couple of different herbs. We grabbed mint, two different kinds of mint, um, basil and cilantro. Oh, you guys still well, and tried your, it. So. Your basil hasn't bolted? No, I replanted basil oh, in, the, okay. in the fall. Okay. So, um, but now that it's starting to get cool, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. kind of is what it is. But, and the cilantro is holding on. I mean, mm-hmm. it bolted and then I trimmed it and it's coming back. So, mm-hmm. it likes to be cool. Yeah. So, I actually, um, cilantro is one of the things that my timing has continually been um, bad on. Cilantro and dill. Um, over the course of these garden seasons because I've been trying to grow up for the last three or four years. So I'll get, yeah. you know, a slew of it and then it's like, nope, gone. <laughs> and I also have, well, have some plans well, about it for next year. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When you think of cilantro, what type of food do you think of? Uh, me- Mexican style food. Okay, mm-hmm. good, good. You're on par. Mm-hmm. So then when you think about Mexican food, what do you think about climate and growing it? I think hot. That's the reason why I'm right. surprised that. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I had a hard time with mm-hmm. cilantro for the longest time, too. Because when I think of cilantro, I mean, it's in Thai food, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Japanese ish, you know, a lot of South Asian, Mexican. Mm-hmm. Those climates are all warm. But it's like a staple, right? Yeah. So and, it's very fresh, confusing to me. Not just like, you know, not a dried yeah. or but fresh, right? No. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's very confusing to me. I don't understand. I mean, I could do some research if I really cared, but let's be honest, I don't. But um, yeah, it's it's cool weather. Yeah. And I stumbled on my words, so carry yeah, on. I saw it. I saw it. I was I was I was confident that you were going to bring it back in as I just stuttered. We'll through have all a sneeze right yeah. here. Uh, I have a sneeze okay, right okay, here okay. again. God bless so. you in advance. I'm focusing on getting it out this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So is that it for housekeeping? I think so. Oh, and the winners have been announced for the seed giveaway. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. And we will be running another one soon. Sing I thought it, it should have been me. That's an old Vesta song. <laughs> it's a, I mean, she's, she sings it. Well, yeah, she's sung it beautifully, but yeah. Yeah. I don't ever win anything, so I'm like the unluckiest person ever. So many people think that. You're lucky in so many ways. I am. I am. But when it comes to winning something, my whole family, it's like a curse we have. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyways. So what, what's what's on the docket for today? Well, uh, this is a either favorite moment or a fatal moment. So we're looking back. And trying to figure out what we said we were going to do and if we actually did it. Uh, So we set some, I don't, I'm going to say in part Luffy, 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 Luffy. We set some big ass goals. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we want to look back because we want to be, you know, honest gardeners as well. True to ourselves more more than anything. Did we? So before we start, I just want to say that every year. I make garden goals, mm-hmm. and this is the first year that I'm held accountable to ah, them. Ah, that's really so, 
really important. And we have on tape kind of what the context around those goals, which is really important Damn. too. Yeah. Man, you're old. Mm-hmm. We have it on tape. <laughs> we are not recorded on tape. <laughs> They are here. We are not yeah. recording yeah, on yeah, tape. Yeah. Um, Look, real quick, real quick, real quick. Sidetrack. So the other day, um, you remember Ashley? She was on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, hey, she Ashley. posted. Hey, Ashley. She posted something that um, had a bunch of um, like Snoop Dogg and Dre and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I just I was going through her stories and I was like, love the song uh-huh. again, again, again. You know, I just kept saying it over and over. And she was like, you like gangster, you know, gangster West Coast rap? And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I grew up on that. Uh-huh. And she was like, I had no clue. And I'm like, man, I had the tape back in the day. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm she sorry, like, you mean, what do you mean by that? Yeah. She was like, what's a tape? Mm-hmm. I think she was joking, but it was just funny because I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. To be young. I can't wait to my yeah. next lifetime where I can be that young again. I don't. I like being old. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Did I tell you? This I'm is the, seasoned. So just, what was this, an hour and a half ago when I got so excited? And so the motion was me just like kind of springing up and down and I heard my knees crackling. Yeah. So you can love being old. I'm going to say I can't wait until I'm young again. <laughs> yeah. You're not going backwards. Oh, you no, just no. embrace it. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. You ready to so dig go. in? Shoot. All right. So, yeah. Hell yeah. I am going to give you one of yours, and you're going to give me one of mine, and you're going to be super duper honest about whether you met it and how you felt like you met it or not. And the reason why I like this is because based on the time of year it is, it also helps us figure out if we want to fold it into next year's goals. You know, because there's nothing wrong with you setting out to do something and realizing that that wasn't the thing, you know, and saying, nope. I'm going to call that done, right? All right, so my favorite, 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 yours was growing flowers. I grew flowers. Okay. Well, hold on. Not only did I grow flowers, I I grew way more flowers than I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. And I went into the season and I planted for next season more flowers Mm -hmm. and intend on expanding that and the flowers definitely made me happy yeah i did not have a crazy variety but i had what i needed and it made me um it it definitely rounded out my garden space better Mm -hmm. and starting the way i did just real small with easy flowers to grow, you know, little annuals, stuff like that really helped me visualize for next year how how I want my space to be designed and where mm-hmm. I want things to be and just visualize it better. Yeah. So it was it was a, a success and I did it and I'm proud of it and I'm happy for it. And you're going to continue it through next year. Hell yeah. yeah. Good. Hell yeah, I'm going to grow more flowers. Shoot, I'm getting a bunch of, I got a bunch of uh, perennial seeds mm-hmm. that I'm going to start because, again, I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> and quite, I mean, you know, we've said this so many times on the podcast, I'm sure people are like, eh, just stop. But if you go out and buy perennials, man, I mean, for the amount of perennials I can get out of one seed packet, it would literally be about four or $500 mm-hmm. if I get them all to grow. Yeah, so, yeah. um, 
and I guess I can kind of talk about my plan for that is what I'm doing this year is I'm only focusing on perennial seeds that are easy to start by seed. Mm -hmm. That's my focus. I don't care about anything fancy. I'm looking for success. I'm looking for lower stress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm looking for coverage. And that's so. So And I learned some valuable ass lessons this year too. Yeah. So some flowers that spread as well, you know, um, within reason, yes. What was the, I'm looking for what was the flower reseeding that, flowers. Yeah, what was the flower that, the petunias maybe, that went wild and you were just like, enough! Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. God almighty. Mm-hmm. What was it? It was the, um, I don't remember the petunias. I'll never get them again. Yeah. When I see the name of them, it was like... Wave? Whatever it was. Was huh? it Wave? W-A-V-E petunias? I don't know okay. what it was. Okay. It was something that is relatively new, I believe, mm-hmm. that's like very prolific. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I couldn't get anything else in the pot to grow. I was like, damn, I got to go out here and trim this thing down. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's like, damn, that's I'm not, not what a. you're going for, yeah. I'm not a petunia fanatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. and I grew flowers in pots. I still have flowers going. Mm-hmm. I, um, my pollinator garden bloomed late. But it was a success. I'll, I'll call it a success. Mm-hmm. Did not meet my expectations whatsoever, though. Uh, okay. Why do you think? So, because I didn't see anything but, like, greenery until, like, a month October. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Did you and double I think back to see the bloom time for those, though? Did you double back to look at what you oh, planted? Oh, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. I just <laughs> threw seeds out there and, you know. And I mean, I had weed problems in that bed and stuff like that. So, you know, but that stuff will all fix itself in time. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's a slower process. And, you know, if I went out there and I weeded it and I mulched it and I put fabric down and, Mm -hmm. you know, tried to make it like a really nice bed, of course, but then I wouldn't really get the whole idea of like a pollinator garden that just kind of seeds and takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that. All right, I'm happy. I'm, you didn't talk a lot about it over the course of the year. As we look back on a, like the recent episodes, you've mentioned flowers a bit more. So yeah, I was kind of well, wondering know, how the, things were going with it. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, let's put it this way: I just planted 500 flower bulbs. Mm, okay, so, okay. Then you wait. That, you were planting flower bulbs. Was it early summer that went that didn't do early, much? Late. Sp- Late spring, uh-huh. they were summer flowering bulbs to be planted in the spring, mm-hmm. and I planted them too late. And now my fingers are crossed that they will come back. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. way that we have everything designed now is kind of like huge spring in the front, mm-hmm. and then we have like a little patch of summer. Okay. So, and I don't know if it's going to work, so we just kind of have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they're um, like the ones in the front, they're bearded irises. And I think they're naturalizing, which means that, means that they will naturalizing means that they'll kind of they'll grow and then they'll kind of spread. Mm, OK, so that's yeah. kind of my thing is I'm like, what spreads then moving forward? What can I split and move around? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of that's my thing, because I'm like, shit, if I just grow up for a couple of years, then I get twice as much mm-hmm, and more spots. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and then it, it, you can also build like a cohesiveness around your whole your space so okay not bad yeah i didn't know i dropped the i i dropped the flower mic i don't know Boom. if he did that but 
Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how committed you were when we talked about this because we talked about these goals back in like March, April-ish, right? Yeah. You know, so that would have been just around the start of spring, you know, so I'm pleased. I'm, I'm loving that you I, did all these It's on you balls. for not bringing it up. Yeah. Oh, it's on me? Okay. It's, a, it's on you. All right. It ain't my fault. I mean, damn, I'm one man. I can't do it. I, mean, I can't it, remember everything. The idea that it's on me to bring up what's going on in your garden and for your goals. I mean, we could we could go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. All right. So I think you got one for me. Batavia, did you start seeds indoors? Oh, come on. Have I talked about anything besides that? Um. um the word that I would use is obsession. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was looking back at the date. So yes, I did start seeds indoors. I was looking back at the dates to try to figure out like, had I started seeds already when I set this goal? I can't remember for sure. Um, but I for sure started seeds back in March through all the way through May indoors. Um, and if you remember, once I was done, I thought I was done. Um, and someone convinced me here on the podcast to start more seeds indoors. And it is probably the thing for sure. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most in the first half of next year is starting seeds again. Um, so, so yeah, that was, um, how many years would that talk about? Like I was thinking about doing it and hadn't done it. It had been years and I finally get to set up, you know, set up and, um, one of the things that I wanted to do was to be able to kind of expand the types of food that I grew. So beyond what transplants I could buy, you know, at the big box stores or the nurseries. And I did that. I don't think I grew anything exotic necessarily. Um, but I have been able to parlay some of those things into dishes, um, that I wouldn't normally eat or try, which is pretty cool. And that's, that's an important, thing to say right absolutely there absolutely it is that's so important absolutely it is and one thing that I, I made a note of kind of roughly I think I said something like because I did listen to this recently like 85 to 90 percent is what I wanted to start indoors um start from seed and I'm gonna say I hit that target the for flowers maybe not so much because I bought a lot of flowers I gave in to temptation uh, I bought a lot of flowers from the store this season but vegetables I mean keep me honest obviously I bought things like seed potatoes um but for the other plants I bought cabbage and collard green plants those are the only things in my garden that I purchased that I didn't even either, either direct sow or started, you know, indoors and then transplanted out. So yeah. that is like night and day from 2020 compared to like 2019 and for sure previous garden season. So that's probably like, that's my mic drop moment. Like I really pulled it off. And like you said, I was obsessed with it. Um, and it, I mean, talk about like being cost effective compared to what I would have purchased. And now what I'm turning it, you know, that food into. So I'm uber pleased with that one. Think think about it this way. How many how many tomato plants did you plant? Let's just focus on tomatoes. Uh, I think the number was 15 is what I ended up planting. 15. And that was what? One pack of seeds? Uh, yeah, there are different types. But yeah, you could say the equivalent of one pack of seeds. Well, no. How many types did you grow? Um, I think it's, let's see, green zebra, um, beef steak. Um, what's the one? Roma. 
that I did um, like three cherry tomatoes, so six different types. Six different types at 18 bucks. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they're three dollars mm-hmm. a pack, right? You did 15 plants, and at my house, they go for about four dollars a plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right. So, you know, I don't have calculator handy, and my head's not working. So, but you get to just, yeah. and then you have seeds for next year. Yeah. So twenty dollars in, um, you know, transplants compared to eighteen dollars in seed packets and seed packets that I will no doubt plant from next year as well. And that doesn't even fold in, you know, obviously I started a bunch more seeds and seedlings and, you know, gave those away. So I would have never done that had I not, you know, started them from seed indoors. So what, what's your biggest takeaway from this year with starting seeds? Like what is like the biggest lesson you learned about it? Like you're going to change something, like what would it be? Um, I think starting earlier. Um, so I think that the biggest deficit that I saw when it came to some of the things that I started indoors was they weren't of size by the time I needed to get them outdoors, meaning I was in June planting peppers, which is probably, we talked about this a bunch of times, probably a little bit later than then, you know, I could have, I could have planted them earlier, but even in June, they were some of the more super small plants. Um, and I'm going to say that's one lesson, but I have to give you a second. Second lesson is go with what you got. So a part of the reason why some of those were started later was because I was still buying seeds in like March, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I started some pepper plants in March, but I was still purchasing some seeds. So for sure next year, it's going to be what I have and that's it. You know, I'm not going to be requesting more seeds be delivered to me and all of that because that just, it threw my whole thing off. Um, you know, I did get some fruit from those plants, but those plants didn't thrive because they had such a little time to get started and then they basically got thrown outside. So, yeah, yeah, that's, um, um, you know, Timing is very important, and I think a lot of the issue, and I have the same thing, is timing is good, but when it comes to buying seeds, mm-hmm. the later in the season you buy them just means the later you're going to start yep. them. Yep. And so it's like you need to pick a cutoff date mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to get my seeds by this time, and then I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's something to direct so. Yeah. But you've got to really keep that in your mind the whole time. Be like, I'm not going to do anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And just I can't even remember. It is what it is. I mean, there were definitely some things that I wanted to grow that I didn't have already, you know, and ended up being some of them. I just said, I'll wait until next year. But there are a couple that I, I started off like in, in April. Right. You know, and so, you know, some of these seedlings for these peppers in particular, as an example, could have been could have used 10 weeks indoors. You know, so. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that was it's a it's a rich lesson to learn, you know, um, so I'm, I'm uber, uber, uber pleased. That's probably the biggest accomplishment of this year, you know, so not even focusing on harvest necessarily. I think that's going to be the biggest accomplishment for 2020 for me. Good. Yeah. Hit me. All right. So you already covered off one pollinator garden. So I think that nice job. Cause you had those as two separate goals, growing more flowers and then focusing on. Oh, did I? Yeah. As a, a pollinator oh. garden. Um, this is one that I'm afraid to ask, and I hope you don't ask me back. You committed to buying it and planting it. Same day, baby. Same day. You weren't going to let, you know, little seedlings sit and wither away on your porch. 
So, how'd you do? I am successful. Mm, okay. With one caveat. All right, I'll take it. I bought lettuce this fall, mm. and it was bolting when I bought it. And when I realized it was bolting, I did not plant it because there was no reason to. But otherwise, I was 100% successful. I was on top of my game. Mm -hmm. If I grew, I did some that I started by seed and never got them in the ground simply because I ran out of space. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, and I wasn't really overly worried about it. Now, the issue with that is I should have tended to them more because I put them in the ground in the spring and I was like, oh, I'm good. They're going to take off. <laughs> well, they didn't They didn't hold. So I should have stayed on top of caring for them so I could have replaced them and then I would have gotten a harvest out of that. So like my cherry tomatoes, mm -hmm. not my cherry tomatoes, my uh, husk tomatoes, or as some people call them, um, ground cherry tomatoes, I did not get any this year because the nutrients in that bed were just lacking and um, it was in the wild garden okay. and it just didn't flourish. Yeah. So if I would have taken care of them, yes, I could have possibly made some adjustments some changes, but I did good. Yeah. yeah well, good. Cause I, 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 that was top of mind all year for me. Yeah. Literally, I would stress, I would go to the store. Oh my gosh. I would go to the store and I got like, and flowers was a big mm -hmm. one because I went, and I bought a bunch of annuals just to kind of fill space, which was my whole plan. But I would go, I would shop. And this was like, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was like, oh, God, we're going to die. So, you know, you come back and it's all stressful. And then I'd have to go outside and I'd spend another couple hours planting it when it was hot. But it, I really made a point. Like if I didn't plant it that day, then I'd come the next day and I'd plant it. But it did not. I never even watered a seedling or a plant that I bought before I had to put it. I didn't give it enough time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because so, the focus. I did good. Good. The focus there was really kind of you know cost savings. Like let's let's not throw money away. So because again, yeah. I listened to it recently. You were like, would you just take twenty dollars out of your wallet and just toss it in the ground? You know, in the garbage? No, you Damn wouldn't. Right. right? So um, I right. am going to answer that for myself. And while I didn't buy a lot of transplants for vegetables um, and I got every flower besides one clearance flower planted um, I didn't do as well as I wanted when it came to the seedlings that I moved from the grow room to outside so I was nervous about the whole process starting seeds indoors hardening them off and so by the time I got them outside and I noticed I'm like all right okay I got this you know you know my, my thumbs are green and it was a part of like, I had so many transplants and trying to get so many transplants in and trying to, and then second guessing kind of the design that I had put together. Um, there were some plants where I literally was just stuffing them in places just to get them in and not in the best places. So while I planted like, I'm going to say 95% of the things that I brought outside, I planted, I may have lost a handful of plants. Uh, for the stuff I started, um, I I didn't plant them with as much care, if you will, uh, because I kind of felt like got to get them in the ground, got to get them in the ground, you know. So the whole idea with buy it and plant it the same day, my commitment when we were talking about it was have an idea of where you're going to plant it. 
know where you're going to put it versus buying and then just figuring it out when you got home. So while I didn't do that in the store, I basically did that in my basement. Right. You know, so um, it's definitely since this year was such a big year for me when it came to learning about starting seeds, how many, um, you know, and all of that, I think that I'll take that lesson for next year and I won't have that big of an issue with it. So I won't start 20 eggplants for sure. I can't co- I can't comment on tomato plants, but eggplants I for sure will not start that many. We'll have that conversation yeah, yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but I know that eggplants didn't exactly flourish for you. Growing potatoes. You're gonna make me smile. Potatoes. Um, so I absolutely met that goal, killed it. Brought it back to life and killed it again. Um, And I, in that same episode, and at that time when I was setting the goal, said I wasn't going to do sweet potatoes. And I totally did sweet potatoes too. Um, So, yeah, and I'm certain that had we not mapped this out, that I would have just waited for sweet potatoes. And while I didn't have like the, the most huge harvest for them, um, I'm really pleased that I got a year under my belt when it comes to learning to grow sweet potatoes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love potatoes. So there's that grew them, got caught with some disease, but didn't give up on them and ended up with, I don't know, what do we figure out? Like 20 some pounds of potatoes or something. Yeah. So not like feeding a neighborhood, but I'm still eating potatoes that I grew this spring. Like how how many potatoes awesome do you have that? left? I don't know. I didn't do a count. Like uh, about four. No, 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 man. You know how much that goes back to the rest of the food that I have here. And like I've been um, spitting on my phone. Sorry about that. Um, all the food that I have here, I have to pace myself, man. I still got plenty of potatoes, like enough for you know a holiday dinner. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's what matters yeah. so I, I think that was successful and you were definitely dedicated to the potato mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely time to dedicated. wrap those and up though because they're starting to sprout again <laughs> and we're yeah. so far off of like you know using them as seed potatoes so you didn't um you didn't talk about your potatoes much either yeah because the I whole was season yeah I didn't talk about you did. them you know why though I, I wasn't no. confident that I was going to get any. So the plants did. Now you know why I didn't talk about flowers. Yeah, right? <laughs> the plants were doing awesome for like the better part of spring and getting into early summer. Um, and then in July-ish, they took a turn. I had the Colorado potato beetle that attacked. And so um, I just, I didn't mm-hmm. know what was under the soil. And, you know, it fed directly into my fears around root vegetables, you know, anything that's growing under the soil. And so I was just kind of like, if I start talking about it too much, I'm going to get myself wrapped up in the whole, you ain't going to have no potatoes, girl. You know, so, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, there's still some fears that I have and some uncertainties around it, but I'm glad I stuck with but it. But you overcame it. Yeah, absolutely. Potatoes Good. for all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud of you. It's um, you know, root crops are a different beast. Yeah. Cause you just don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my sweet potatoes didn't do as good as I wanted. I definitely got probably 10, 15 pounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I could have done, you know, way more. Yeah. And I figured out why. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. the jury's out. So um we'll talk about that yeah. too in the next 
garden planning episode that we have. So okay. I'm not sold yet, but I'm I'm almost sold. I'm sold with a coupon, and I don't want a coupon. I am. Um, I'm not sold. We've talked about it a little bit. I thought I was, but no. Yeah. You know, I'm looking. At, I think that the gift certificate may have expired, uh, or at least it may not be valid in my area. It may just be valid in yours. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's uber cryptic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the potatoes again, like I am, because I mean, potatoes come with a lot of gotchas. You know, um, how early can you get the seed potatoes to plant if you don't already have seed potatoes, right? Um, the timing of kind of, you know, when infestation can set in. Um, and I think the biggest struggle for me as I think about future potato growing is the whole rotation, which you know I hate, you know? <laughs> so it's on that list of don't grow this, 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 and this next year if you grew potatoes here. And for a small yeah. space gardener, that's hella hard, you know? So, um, but again, if it wasn't my favorite, I'll be frank. If it wasn't my favorite, I wouldn't be chasing it. You know, I love that I can go yeah. into the basement and grab a couple of potatoes, wash them off and um, roast them up, you know? So yeah, it's good stuff. It's nice. Yeah. All right, so this is actually a second to last one for you. Um, so, <laughs> and it's a fun one. Oh, because I skipped one. Yeah, we combined one, but it's okay. I think I had one more than, you had one more than me anyway, so it's all good. Um, have you stopped saying soil? Have you committed Damn it. to saying dirt? Damn it. No. <laughs> I try. <laughs> So, <laughs> so wait, let me, let me make sure that I'm, I want to make sure that people that are listening are clear. I don't even want to look you in the eye for this conversation. I want to make sure people that are listening are clear. It's gonna start saying dirt is what I wrote down as a quote from you. <laughs> there are some actually swear words in there too, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like blue, soil. Yeah. I can't even look you in the eye with this, but um, it's about... 50 50 and there's a reason why okay dude so dude, it, really what really like you're going to intellectualize what? intellectualize the idea of not saying dirt okay all right let me let me sit back i'm here so if i was just a normal gardener with no public face mm-hmm. i would have definitely kept on the dirt aspect but as I kept going through and going through and, you know, we're starting to make videos and all this stuff and the podcast, there is a true hatred out there for people that refer to soil as mm. dirt. True hatred. And I got self-conscious about it, I'd say, probably around July. And I had been saying soil for so long that I couldn't change it. Yeah. And I try to catch myself and I would, dude, it's been really hard too. Cause I would sit back and I'd be like, all right, I would force myself and I would get to the point where I would stutter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get it out of my mouth. So, you know, depending on what I'm talking about, I do refer to it, to it as soil. If I'm talking about it in a technical manner or something like that, then I will refer to it as soil. But if I'm just like, yeah, I got to go stick some seeds in the dirt or, you know, just like nonchalant, then I will say dirt. But no, I knew that was one mm-hmm, of them too. Mm-hmm. And I've been ashamed of myself. Yeah. So 
Um, so let me. No, I did not say it's true. Let me let me say that um, I almost left it off the list because it was in part like we joked about it a lot, and then for the next handful of episodes, we we joked about it more. Um, but if I, it felt like to me, and this is the way I took it. This may not have been the way you meant it. It was kind of getting back to the origins. You know, it was trying to take some of the technical nature out of kind of what we're doing, right? It's yeah. dirt, right? Um, and I wonder if a part of what you were feeling is like, remember we talked about flossing? Like, you know, like people are like out here. I don't think that's a term I use, but flexing is a term I used a couple of episodes ago. Like, yeah. I feel like there's some bit of, oh, you must not, you must be new to this if you're calling it dirt. Like, no, it's soil. Like, do you feel like yeah. there's a part of that? No, yeah. Mm-hmm. The public eye got mm-hmm. to me completely. It completely yeah. got to me. And I'm ashamed by mm-hmm. it, too, because it shouldn't be that yeah. way. And I don't, I'm, I mean, and we had this conversation before, but I am not a flexor. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I didn't want, I made the conscious decision at some point to go, you know, roughly 50 50 mm-hmm. to, legitimize our conversations to an extent you know what i mean like you know because we i mean we're the new guys in the Mm -hmm. game you know we're starting to get you know a little bit more gray but we are the new guys in the game and i just i don't know i just got self-conscious about it and i'm ashamed Mm -hmm. of it too because it's like damn man that's something that i didn't want to happen and it happened but at the same time it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, mean, I think it's the, you wear a suit to an interview, right? You know, you try to put your best foot forward and, you know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of what we're experiencing, we're trying to connect with, you know, people that, um, maybe we haven't connected with before, whether they're new to gardening, whether they're experienced gardeners. And you also, there's that balance of making sure that you're not like, um, leading people astray, Right. Like, I don't think I'm doing a disservice if some new gardener hears me referring to it as dirt and they hear it. They start referring to it as dirt. But there is that that's that small, small percentage of the community where you kind of feel like you're, you're, you know, you're slapped on the hand or something, you know. So, I want to make sure no one if I can help it, that they don't feel that. Obviously, I can't control everything, but I get it. And first and I want to say it's shameful that if you call it dirt you're looked at in a bad light. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely yeah. shameful. And I think a lot of people I've it doesn't a lot matter of... for, but we know, we know that there are people yeah. that, you know, if you were in a classroom, yeah. they'd be correcting you, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's like, if I go into the garden center and I'm like, yeah, my dirt's not doing well. They literally corrected me and they were like, your dirt. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even front yeah. talking about your what, your dirt. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, you don't have soil, you only have dirt. Like, come on, man. And I mean, literally, I like gag in my mouth. I'm like, Ugh. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so maybe next year I will adopt it completely. But I just, you know, the public eye got to mm-hmm. me, and it's something I did not want to happen, mm-hmm. but it did. Yeah. And I can see where it's okay to think that way and to call it dirt or to call it soil at the appropriate time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, if I'm trying to have an educated conversation with somebody, so like, okay, when I lived in New England, I sound like I'm from the South, right? Mm -hmm. You hear my accent, right? Mm -hmm. 
I was consistently looked at like I was ignorant mm. the entire time. I, was, I could have the most intelligent conversation ever, but I was consistently, because of my accent, looked at it like I was a dumb hillbilly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have always been conscious of that. And if I'm having a conversation about it where it's like, you know, facts, this, that, and the other, then yeah, I'll say soil. Yeah. But otherwise... This shit's just dirt, son. <laughs> and I think that, you know, it, it may come across as like, are they really talking this much about using soil versus dirt? But I mean, I think it speaks to the bigger picture. It also ties into that social, you know, gardening in a social media world, you know, social media gardening yeah. episode. Like, again, if you haven't checked that one out, you know, it's easy to fall into kind of some of those, you know, those holes. Get it? Um, And I think that, you know, this is a part of when you kind of take a step back in the air quote off season and you kind of think about what you want out of the garden next year. Um, One of the things that you and I have talked about and you've coached me on, right, is the idea of the garden is first and foremost for you. Remember that? Because I'm only a couple of years into the social media aspect of gardening, right? And I am, I mean, talk about uber new. Like, what were we talking about? Like, I think I have another lens for my camera. And it's like, oh no, that's a lens cap. Why would I have a second lens cap? Like, you know, so (laughs) I'm as new to all of this as anyone. And so it's very easy to get caught up with you're spending more time filming things than you are actually doing the things. And so you really coached me on just do it, man. If it comes natural, if you want to grab the camera, that's fine. But you know, don't make that the only reason why you're doing it. Um, and I think that while we want to capture all of these things, we want to share all of these things. Um, there are some pressures, if you will, that, others can put on you and your garden, whether they're local, whether they're online. And I think that sometimes you see that display itself and starting to call it dirt, you know, or starting to call it soil again. So, I mean, I look at next year and as I start to kind of, you know, etch out my goals and kind of what I want to do and where I want to do it, things like this, conversations like this, making sure that we're staying true to what we really want to do are important. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to that last episode where, you know, we both said that our gardens are for us, not anybody mm-hmm, else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it is what it is when you come down to it. And I mean, I remember clearly having the conversation about you filming stuff that you were mm-hmm. doing. And at some point we were borderline yelling at yeah, each other. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's it's one of those things where like you get wrapped up in the moment and then, you know, your five minute job becomes an hour mm-hmm. job. And then you're like. I don't even and want to do it. You begrudge it. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. And, and it's not worth mm-hmm. it. So, um, you know, does that hinder me? Of course mm-hmm. it does. You know, I'm sure that there are people that want to see things happen. But for me, it's like, it's more important for me to get my garden going. And then I'll talk about it yeah, afterwards. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, so. All right. This isn't the Truman Show. Everything doesn't have a camera behind it. Uh, remember that movie with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Well, it's it's getting that way fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting that way very fast. All right. All right, Batavia. All right. So, after years of being nervous about it, did you start canning? Oh yeah, dude. I was certain there wasn't a teary-eyed moment 
in this episode, but here it is. Um, I absolutely did 110% met this goal. Um, so much so where I had to actually purchase a second rack to store the things that I'm canning. Um, this is no different than the seeds and starting them indoors. This is a part of my nature, right? My tendency is to buy three of the thing just in case, right? So I've canned. I th- Hoard. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> I think it's like something like 21 or 22 different types of canning recipes that I've used. Um, I think that in some instances, like I have like 30 jars, uh, pints of tomato sauce and, and diced tomatoes, right? Like so much so where now I have to reorganize my meals, like making sure that I use it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But what it's been really, it has extended the garden season for me, meaning it's allowed me to continue to work with the vegetables and have that garden spirit um, all the way up until November, you know? And so like through November, and that's that was critical. It was a part of um, my desire and a part of the way that I think I was dealing with all that's going on in the world, all that's going on in my life. Like having that additional time with garden goodies has been great. And I have already started to crack open some of those jars. One of the things I had this morning, and this is kind of a cheat. So I did a um, green tomato relish candy. And I was kind of like, someone suggested it. I had seen it before, discounted it. Someone suggested it. I'm like, okay, fine. Cause I had so many green tomatoes and I eat relish. I eat relish two ways on hot dogs and in tuna. That's it. I don't eat hot dogs or tuna that often. So there was that balance of like, I'm going to can this thing that I really don't even eat. So I ate it on a salmon croquette sandwich this morning and it was perfect. So I, um, I I said all of that to say I absolutely met the goal. It has empowered me one, because I look at this winter and think about all of the goodness that I'll have that were, it was made in my hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Two, um, it also helps me shape what I want to do when it comes to what I'm going to grow and how much I'm going to grow. Um, I feel like I should save this for a future moment. Um, but I'm just going to say potatoes have lived to live another day, like her tomatoes. Um, I am, it's, there's no stopping me. I figured out ways to use tomatoes yeah. like so differently than I thought, even subbing in some other vegetables. So that said, man. See, now. Unstoppable. You want me to piss you off now? Oh, no, no, man. I, I, I. You want me to burst your bubble? It doesn't matter, man. I had. <laughs> green tomato relish on a salmon croquette sandwich this morning like what come on so so look i'm mad that i didn't make more of it go on here's the deal you're not really canning until you use a pressure canner Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just like the people that say (laughs) tombstone is a better (laughs) version of wyatt earp i mean again I hear what yeah, you're saying. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking to an extent. Like, there's a part of me that believes that because until you pressure can, you haven't unlocked the full, um, the the full potential, potential of yeah. canning. 
So, so like when you're talking about your potatoes sprouting, like you could just can them and they'd be done. That being said, it's fully respectable mm-hmm. that you have water bathed canned all year mm-hmm. and you've done very well with it and you have stocked your pantry that way. And I see nothing wrong with that, but I am excited for you to get a pressure canner, which I'm sure is coming in your future very soon. Done. And oh, you have yeah. it. But it's, it takes me a year to use a thing like that. So yeah, it I better know. work because the, the the return policy is passed. Um, you know, it, it it'll work, but it's it just takes you to a whole new level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see where you go with that because then you, you know, I mean, if you wanted, you could can meats and all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's so, uh, it's exciting. There's um, someone listening. Some somebody's listening. Like, did he just shit all over her? moment that came with a bail and you know maybe you did but listen in all seriousness i didn't i no, didn't no no it's your intention in the way i took it are two different things but in all seriousness i have been going did you take it as me shitting on you no because this is the other side of okay. the view of it um and we've talked about this a little bit so i got hella condiments man you know like yeah. the things that you can can with water bath canning clearly are it's limited right you know so i have the makings of meals right you know but i don't have any kind of main courses if you will right so yeah and but dude that's fine but let me no no so you you can't take a little bit away from me and then when i jump on board with you you're like no 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 it's fine that you only you have it's okay it's okay don't worry yourself over it but part of the connection that i've made with canning is a part of my gardening over the years has been limited to what I think I would eat as far as volume, right? So mm-hmm. people are like, oh, try this tomato and try this tomato. And this is going to sound obnoxious, but it's like, well, shit, if that tomato plant really does well, um, I'm going to grow, I think next year, Cherokee purple tomatoes. Um, and I love the idea. Like I read that there are 400 different types of tomatoes. And I was doing the math, like at $2 a package for seeds, that's a lot of money in tomato seeds, but I'm going to grow all of them. Right? Like that's, that's how crazy I am about tomatoes and just the idea of them. But anyway, the idea of a, a purple tomato, it's like, what do you do with all of that? Right. Once you get it. Right. And so while I don't have any recipes for purple tomatoes, the thought of canning allowing me in both water bath and pressure canning allowing me to preserve the food and that allows me to be able to focus on eating some of these other things fresh. Right. Like I don't have to figure out what I'm going to do with all of this butternut squash. Right. When I'm able to pressure can it. Right. I can grow it freely and know that I have a year plus to eat it. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely yeah. am on board with you. And I just know the way my mind works. And it was a, a smart decision to focus on, you know, different ways and, and testing out different water bath canning recipes. Because it's because I've enjoyed like 99% of it. If I would have folded in kind of my apprehension about pressure canning, it would have changed my experience this year. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. And I agree with that completely because i mean dude it's not like i was just like one day like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and um start pressure canning today mm-hmm. you know i'm 100 just like you did mm-hmm. we started water bathing and then once we made our jellies yeah. and you know we kind of did what we could yeah. and i the 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 kicker for me was green beans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i wanted 
I had so many green beans and I couldn't, I mean, you know, we had a little four foot row and we were getting so many green beans that we couldn't do anything with them that I, that's what made us take that next step. Mm -hmm. And you have to start small. Yeah. You know, we've had this conversation a thousand times and I think water bathing is, there is nothing wrong with water bathing. I just think that once you talk about canning, you are definitely limiting, you're not unlocking the full potential as far as other non-acidic vegetables Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you have. And now that you've done this, you are going to be just like I did and you're going to be more comfortable to try something else. Yeah. The only difference is the process of canning is different. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to get comfortable with. Well, I think there's also, there are a couple of things. So I have, um, I've mentioned her and her mom on the podcast before. I'm a good friend and her mother, her mother is like a master baker and she does a lot Mm -hmm. of like jellies and things. And I, she may can other things, but if that's, let's pretend for a moment, that's all she cans. If she only cans that, then water bath canning is fine, right? It's the, it fits mm-hmm. what she wants to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we explore other things because we've kind of reached our max in an area. Mm-hmm. So I have so many things that I canned um, using the water bath canning method. I won't make every single one of those things again next year. Right. There is one recipe where I'm just like, gosh, you know, I I hate to be the one like I didn't like this, but why don't you try it? But that's how I'm going to be. So there are going to be some things that I pull out of the list of things that I, you know, really enjoy. And that's going to make room for the things that like next year will be the year of the carrot for me. You know, (laughs) like like the idea of canning potatoes alone makes me want to jump in there and, and do it. So I do think yeah. that you have to let it run its course though. Last year when I did the candy jalapenos and, you know, pickles, it wasn't like, oh, I've hit my limit. Now I need to explore more. No, I still had a whole world right. of things to experience. There's still tons of things when it comes to right. water bath canning even. So Yeah. I mean it's it's crazy. And you know, Food preservation is food preservation, no matter how you Mm -hmm, slice it. mm -hmm. And I'm totally comfortable with that. And I'm delighted that you enjoyed it so much. So, you know, it's it's funny, like we made spaghetti sauce for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And I I hated the recipe, Uh, hated it. And finally this year I told my wife, I was like, don't make that recipe anymore. Like, I I don't want it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll make I was like, let's just can the tomato. Yep. And then I can make the sauce up because I have an, an easy recipe for that, which I enjoy more. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's I do not make that anymore. Like every time we would eat it, I'd like choke it down. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody mm-hmm. else is like, mm, this is good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, so. Yeah. There, and I mean, I think there's a thing that because um, it's I think for water bath canning after doing it, you know, a couple of dozen times now. It's not so much water bath canning, but it's actually the recipes, right? Um, so it's not the actual act of putting the jar in the canner. Um, it's the act of, did this thing taste good before you put it in the jar, right? And um, right. one of the things I learned this year, because I've, um, you know, since it's just me eating this stuff, other than the stuff I give away, I am trying to figure out, do I enjoy it? So ingredients are ingredients, right? And what I've learned is there's so many things you can um, can in small batches. 
I didn't come into this realizing that. I kind of felt like, all right, it's the weekend. I took a day off work this summer <laughs> to kick off my canning, mm-hmm. right? And while it did take me the whole damn day and the rest of the weekend, like to do an ungodly number of, you know, salsas, um, I have a salsa recipe that I was really looking forward to. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to choke it down. <laughs> like, And it wasn't good going in the jar, right? But so what, what do you do? I've been there, done that. You know. So here, here's the deal. I'm putting out, I'm putting it out there for the world. Mm. If you come across a canning recipe for salsa mm-hmm. that tastes like what you get in the Mexican restaurant when they give you your chips, yep. you send it to the Backyard Gardens podcast because I will not. I repeat, I will not ever can any more salsa again until I get that recipe, <laughs> and that is it. I. If, if you came to me today and you said you can never have another garden again unless you start canning salsa, then I would not have a garden until I got that recipe because I have canned about 10 to 15 different recipes and they all taste like complete horse's ass when I'm done. It's disgusting. <laughs> So I, like I grow I all too. the ingredients. Mm-hmm. I just don't know the recipe. Yeah. And it's um, so the uh, it's uh, salsa verde. And I literally was in the kitchen with the jar that I purchased from the store. Like, this is the one that I want. It's fire roasted. Mm-hmm. And I was tasting my batch. And when I saw it, I'm just like, oh, this doesn't look right. So I was tasting my batch. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what is it missing? But trying to be careful about not wanting to add too many things to go off the recipe. And I'm just like, I can't, I don't even, I can't with good conscience give it away. It's kind of one of those things someone has to be no. at your house to try and say, oh, that's good. Um, because, yeah. you know, it's, I don't want to get a bad rap in this, you know, preserving hood. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Well, I, think, and I mean, it's, it's important. Like in my case, like I know what I want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's what I want. Yeah. And that's what you're going to do, yeah. you know, and you know what you want. Yeah. And so now your mission is to find that. So the benefit of that is you can still make the salsa mm-hmm. all winter. You could buy the ingredients and continue to make it and try and crack it. Yeah. Well, you know? that, what I end up, that's a very good example of not, um, that's probably not something that to your point, I probably won't can salsa because it's just one of those things where it's maybe if one of my, so there are two different types of salsa. There's the one that you get with the chips. It's like, this is the one it's, and I tell them not to give me the other. I want more of that one. And then there, there's one brand of salsa verde that I really like. Like it's, um, it's exactly what I want to mimic. Right. And, but in both of those cases, I don't have the exact recipe. And so that's one of those things where it's like, I'm better off buying it because I'm getting what I want. Cause otherwise I'm wasting a shit ton of tomatoes trying to Mm -hmm. can all of these jars of salsa. Now, if I find that someone does enjoy the salsa that I've made and so much so where they want jars of it, then again, that'll be part of my, my holiday gifts, you know, but Mm -hmm. I now try to figure out like the, the red salsa that I made is okay. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. throw it out if someone gave it to me, but the other salsa, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be remaking it once I take it out of the jar, (laughs) you know, trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. to doctor it up. But anywho, um, that's a long way off of, uh, pressure canning and the wind that was salsa or the wind that was, uh, canning. So, well, you did good and I'm proud of you. You took the first big giant step and now all you got to do is learn the actual process of a pressure canner. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to help you with that. I I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, that will be, we'll have to make that as a part of the monthly meeting, like hour four, 
we'll kick off with a pressure canner. So listen, we have we yeah. each have one more. Do you want to do it after the break? Oh, it's time for me to give you the recipe of the day. This episode is proudly brought to you by San Diego Seed Company, a company that is dedicated to providing organic heirloom varieties of seeds for your small urban farm. That's right. You heard me. You are a small urban farmer. You provide food for your family and share with your neighbors, and they are dedicated to providing you with the best seeds for a bountiful harvest. Check them out at sandiegoseedcompany.com or on social media at, you guessed it, San Diego Seed Company. Batavia, you know I care about you, right? I do know this. You do know that. And I know that you grew 14,000 tomato plants this year and you canned a bunch of spaghetti sauce. And I'm going to give you my spaghetti sauce recipe that I use. Are you? I am. And it is is 100% garden fresh recipe. Wait, can I use all the jars of tomato, uh, tomato sauce that I canned and then make this recipe for spaghetti sauce? How about you just listen to the recipe and you'll know. All right, yeah. I have my notes. So, if you were blessed enough to can your own tomatoes, just regular diced tomatoes, Mm. stewed tomatoes, whatever, feel free to use them. If not, then you're going to have to go to the store and buy them. Um, This is... I don't can this because it's so easy to make, Mm -hmm. but um, you probably could. So, what we're going to do is you're going to get a pot, okay? And you're going to cook it all in one pot. And you're going to take your garlic that you grew this year. And I take about seven cloves of garlic. I like garlic. So adjust to taste. And you're going to dice it. And what I do is I put a little bit of olive oil into the pot, okay? And I take the pot and I angle it Mm -hmm. so the oil pulls up in the corner of it. Mm And I take my um, my garlic and I dice it, and then I put it in there and brown it. Okay, you're and putting so it I, in the, the, it, the space where the oil it, has it, not pooled. In the oil, okay, mm-hmm. right, and no, where the oil is pooled. Okay, because mm-hmm. you got to have the oil to brown mm-hmm. it. Okay, that's like unfortunately for us, that's just kind of how it is, because mm-hmm. we don't eat a lot of oil. Mm-hmm. So then, what we do is once it gets nice and golden brown, we're actually going to pour that oil out. Just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. No more oil. And then you're going to take a can of diced tomatoes, stewed tomatoes, whatever you want. Um, generally, what we use is whole stewed tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And we put them into your, the pot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we bring it to a boil. And then we bring it down to a simmer. And at this point, we'll take, if you're using the whole tomatoes, you crush them and pop them. And we'll add a little bit of water. Just you got to play with the thickness that you want. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you can use broth if you really want to give it a little bit of extra flavor. So then we put the top on and we simmer it and then you're going to simmer it for about 15 minutes or so. And then what we do is if you want it thicker, like I like mine thicker, mm-hmm. I'll leave the top crack so that the steam can come out. And you just got to make sure if you do this not to burn it up. Yeah. So you're just going to continue to stir it, mix it up. And then you can put some oregano in it. You know, you can put some, bless you. Thank you. Some thyme, something like that in there, you know, during the cooking. And then what we're going to do at the end is you have two options at this point. Mm -hmm. You can take and put basil leaves in. Who doesn't like basil? 
So we usually put about a quarter cup of basil in. And then if you really want, and this will take you out of a one pot situation, you can take and um, we'll put onions and mushrooms into another pan and kind of saute them. And then we'll mix it all together. Mm-hmm. And then you just continue to cook it for about another five minutes or so. Just let it simmer. You know, you might want to bring it back up to a, not a rolling, a rolling boil mm-hmm. because at this point it'll be kind of thick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you just put it on, back on, let it simmer for about five minutes or so. And you've got spaghetti sauce. And it's so easy to make. It's so flavorful and literally, except for the mushrooms, because I haven't mastered that yet, to be continued, we will, um, it's all from your garden, you know, technically. So it works out. If you don't do the mushrooms and onions in, like everybody grows tomatoes, Mm -hmm. most people grow um, basil Mm -hmm. and then garlic. So, and then all the herbs, like if you have an herb garden, why not? So that's it. So easy. And it doesn't even seem like it would be good. And then it's delicious. And then what that does is you can cook it down more and use that as a base for other dishes. So like we don't even eat spaghetti with it. We eat, you know, so because I care about you, I'll throw this in. So then what you can do. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. We can take, we'll take um, potatoes and we'll dice them and then we'll boil them. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. you're gonna boil. You're gonna cut them into about half inch cubes, and we're gonna boil them. And then what you do is you'll mix that into your sauce, and then you put a, sprinkle some peas in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some garden peas, and then mushrooms, and then you'll cook that and simmer. And then once you cook it, you cook it down. Then you've got a potato mushroom stew. Okay, then should I keep going or should I stop? I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. How quickly can you get this episode up so I can do? The, like I couldn't. I couldn't turn my recorder on to record you saying that. Like I just. I, all right. Okay. All right. All right. So then another thing we can do is if you don't use the potatoes, you can cook it down mm-hmm. and cook it way, way down. And then we'll take like a baguette bread and we'll make like a butter garlic bread. And then when it's super thick, we'll just pour that right on top and eat it. And then you can put cheese on it anything like that so when it's you, like a, when it's you the, said pour that because the motion of your hand i literally was thinking in my mind right down your throat but okay all right okay <laughs> like, <laughs> you could do that too but that's the thing is it's it's a stepping off point to mm-hmm, so many mm-hmm, different recipes mm-hmm. that we don't even make spaghetti like i don't even want to can another can of spaghetti sauce ever again yeah. because it's so easy yeah and when the canning process starts, it's easier just to can the tomatoes and then use the diced tomatoes or stewed tomatoes, whatever. That's so significant. And I still have um, probably a couple of maybe three or four pints worth of tomatoes that are ripening or almost ripe. And I was really balancing, like trying to think back and like, you know, I use a lot of sauce in the summer, not so much in the winter. And I probably use more, you know, diced tomatoes. But I was saying, all right, this is my last chance. This is my last set of fresh tomatoes. What am I going to do with it? So your timing is impeccable. One, two, (laughs) two. (laughs) I have a super duper good recipe that I froze. Um, for like a uh, pepper and tomato roasted sauce. Uh, but this is a little bit different. And I love the idea that I can take some of the tomatoes that I can, or even like you've, you've 
made something very accessible uh just even buying them at the store you know so mm-hmm. so yeah man i mean look it it costs you know if you make that from the store it'll cost you two bucks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like it's nothing so yeah. um then there's I mean, I could go on for days of the different ways that we use it, but that potato mushroom stew, that was the twofer. Yeah, you, you lost me Give a little a bit shot. at the peas, so I may not start with that. But The, the peas, it's it's not a lot of peas. Vegetable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. just, if you get like a bag of frozen mm-hmm. peas or if you grew peas mm-hmm. or something, just put a little bit in, yeah. it gives it a little bit more texture yeah. and it'll give it that, that pop when you eat it. Oh. And it's, you know... In addition to your timing and um, the idea of folding in the the version that's a stew, if this ain't the time for stews, I don't know what is. And I was saying to myself, he is just ruining all of my, I'm going to get slimmer next year plans because clearly I have to try out all of those versions of that recipe. Well, hold on. Hold on. You take the oil out. At this point, the sauce literally has like, maybe two grams of fat in it mm. it has no sugar nothing like that what's the potato the to potatoes, sauce res, uh, ratio there because <laughs> it's whatever you okay, want that's yeah. the thing it's and you therein know, lies I don't, the problem yeah well see because the sauce has so much flavor mm-hmm. i don't use a lot of potato mm-hmm. like for our family we might use four tomato potatoes that's it, you know, and not the big, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you want boiling potatoes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and you don't want to boil them to the point where they fall apart. You still want them to be a little bit crisp. Yeah. I'm looking to see where this episode lies, because I think you may have done the mic drop of recipes of the day. And then what else you can do is you could take all of it. If you did the potato recipe, but I, you know, and actually we're going to do this now that I think about it. When we put the potatoes in. Before we add the mushrooms, if we even add the mushrooms for this, we would blend it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and blend it all together and make like a creamy yeah. soup. But see, I like my tomato sauce and my soup's chunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that is just a stepping point. So then we could, we you know, a lot of times we'll add greens mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. We'll add the mushrooms. We'll add red peppers. You know, I make mine chunky, yeah. so... That's actually a, a you know, pretty I'm, good hack, whether it's chunky or if you like a little bit of liquid, you know, a little gravies or... Um, mm-hmm. Is if you still have... At this point, most of you probably don't. I guess some folks that are in the higher zones may have things like... You want to use some of the lettuce that you have? Um, I just had some lettuce that was just on the path of bolting. And so I said, you know, let me go ahead and cut this all up. And I just... I'm not in a mood for that much salad, Chop up some lettuce, romaine or any kind of crunchy lettuce, put it in a soup, uh, like the bowl of soup, not when you're cooking the actual, um, yeah. you know, the pan of it or whatever. Um, but once you have your serving in your bowl, throw in some lettuce. I mean, it's doesn't sound right, but the texture is perfect. It gives you a little bit of crunch. You can get a little bit more greeny and you do it with spinach, you know, so it's the same. It's the same world. Um, so, yeah. yeah, man, I'm a soup. I'm a soup master. I cook a lot uh, of soup. Do soups. you now? We have we have three soups on the menu for next okay. week. We have French onion yeah. soup. We have a um, cumin chicken noodle mushroom soup, and the other one that I will give the recipe out. I call trash soup. Throw everything in it. So, yeah, everything in it. So, and it's actually a um, Panera bread recipe that I cracked. Okay. Okay. So. 
which really wasn't very hard. <laughs> it was like one step that really made the soup. All right, I'll be looking so, forward to hearing about these more over the course of this winter. So, yeah. All right, whose turn is it? Um, it's my turn because um, yeah. ask me. This is the one, and I know you remember it. I know. Well, I know that you know this is what's left. I don't know what's left. You have to. I I literally have no idea what you're going to say. There's no way that you can't square foot gardening. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. You had to know that that was on a list somewhere. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Square foot gardening for me is depressing. I didn't lead off with um, this one very intentionally because I wanted to kind of, you know, balance it out. But. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> damn. Let me think. So I've said in um, YouTube videos out the wazoo and other places and maybe not on here so much. My final judgment on square foot gardening is it's good for the spring. Mm-hmm. It sucks for summer and it's great for fall. And the reason why is it doesn't hold true to its name when I think about it. So not everything goes into a square mm-hmm. foot except in these certain times of year. So one of my problems was I got septoria leaf spot on my tomatoes because I followed the square foot gardening plan, except I did not trim my plants like I was supposed to, which leads me into why I don't like it because sometimes I don't feel like trimming my damn plants so they can be healthy because every time you cut a plant, every time you trim something off, it has to heal. It has to regrow. Now that can be beneficial because yes, it will regrow. Yes, it will bush out. And yes, you could possibly get more if you trim it correctly. But I did not want to get into the garden and trim it all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not know, based on square foot gardening, that I was supposed to trim these tomatoes like this. So when I looked at it, I was like, damn, I should trim this. They're, they're getting kind of close. They're getting, and I didn't. And then we had, like, you know, the hurricane and all that stuff would kind of, you know, precipitated that it would be a disease would come about. So then I go through and I look at, like, okay, My zucchini. Well, zucchini, it says you can plant in two square feet, I believe, was the total. Like one plant for two square Mm -hmm. feet. And that's just not true. Yeah. Like zucchini can take up five, six, Mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten square feet. So therefore, I'm constantly going out and I'm trimming my um, zucchini, which I don't want to do. So now if you go to the spring, you can supposedly get you know, four romaine lettuce in one square foot. You can get 16 carrots. You can get da-da-da-da. You know, it goes on and on. You can get one broccoli, one cauliflower, one um, cabbage. And some of those I agree with. Like, if I do the broccoli at one square foot, yes, technically it'll fit, but they get so damn close it makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because that's a breeding ground. When they start touching, that's a breeding ground for disease. And pests to be transferred back and forth, weaker plants. So I'm not totally sold on it, but I do. And I am, as of right now, I am using it in my garden. I use it for um, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. 
which I'm not, again, I wasn't really thrilled with the cabbage. I believe a foot and a half would be better, but that's okay. Um, I using it for lettuce instead of putting four, I put three. No, I put two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what I do is if I have, you have your box, you know, let's say I'm planting four boxes, Mm -hmm. four square feet. I put lettuce in one corner, lettuce in this corner. And then on this one, lettuce in this corner, lettuce in this corner. And I'll do it in that so they don't ever get too close to each other. So that's how I do it. Um, Now, for carrots, it was great. You know, even then, I think you could still take out, like, instead of doing 16, doing 10. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it would work out pretty good. You know what I mean? Just give a little bit more space Mm -hmm. because when you don't have enough space for carrots, they grow... They don't, they don't form a carrot, first of all. And what you end up doing is because you can't see it, or what I end up doing, is I wait and I wait and I wait, and then it gets hot. And then when it gets hot, the carrot doesn't form the carrot. It forms a green top. So you have this lush green, but you got nothing underneath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I've had issues with overcrowding in the past, especially, you know, I would go on a limb and say 99% of gardeners when they first start out overcrowd their gardens. And I've had issues with that, which leads to low production, bad health, disease, and all that stuff. So I'm very cautious about it. So I did it. I will do it again in spring and fall. And I will hybrid do it in the summer mm-hmm. but i will not be hardcore with it yeah. i don't like my things being that close yeah i don't like it so okay. but yes i did do it okay and i'm still doing it and in the greenhouse though now the greenhouse i am using it for right now because it's such a small space mm-hmm, mm-hmm. such a small space yeah and if i would have read the book i probably would have been more successful and i would this conversation would have sound totally different so if we pull a clip out of this, I got to make sure that I put that part in. <laughs> but um, I know that you do square foot gardening. Yeah. Are, are you, do you just love it? Yeah. So um, it speaks to... Or am I wrong? No, no. I do square foot gardening and it speaks to uh, the sense of order that I kind of secretly need in the garden. So it's a template, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, I... Very early on, you know, similar to you, figured out that some of these things absolutely require more than a square foot. Even the things mm-hmm. that, and they recommend using more than a square foot. And even the things they recommend that use a square foot, it's pushing it and or it requires a bit of maintenance to do it. So I use the square foot garden grid and then I adjust it based on my experience. So my collard greens, I think I did like, you know, every three square foot feet I planted a collard green plant you know so um, I don't recall exactly what they recommend for those vegetables Um, but it allows one per square foot yeah it allows me to be more considerate of my planting um, versus you know based on the best just kind of planting where I want to plant things so I still I'm going to create for all of the grids that you know kind of get swept away with the winter this year or going into 2021 i'm going to create a grid for next year's garden um and loosely plant in it just like i did this year um so i think that um 
you know, for you, I know that it's almost a sore subject, especially when you have some direct loss that's tied to that gardening method. I'm really proud of you because it was something that was completely new to you. You actually said, we're going to do it, committed to it, even with having trouble with it, stuck with it. Um, you were a, a negative Nancy about it, like all along, but I think that was your garden gut telling you like something that doesn't fit here, you know, quite literally. So as um, soon as I started, as soon as I started, I was like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I know that there's people that square foot garden that are hardcore about mm-hmm. it. And they're probably right now yelling at their device saying, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. You just don't know what you're doing. And I fully recognize that I did not even crack the book mm-hmm. to read it. Like I didn't even look at the book. Yeah. So if I would have read it and maybe that's something that I'll do over the winter, mm-hmm. maybe I will read the book and see, but you know, I just, I'm very conscious of overcrowding mm-hmm. and I feel like it's very important not to, and I don't want to bring on extra stress yeah. and, you know, maintaining a garden of, this size which you know by the way is going to grow by 50 percent next Mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. you know i don't need to be in there trimming yeah stuff out like just to keep it alive i want to go out there and trim stuff up out because one i want to or one because it needs it but i don't need to be on a schedule yeah because i i feel like it hinders the plant yeah it's a part of regular lettuce regular maintenance that's not something that you know you're into Mm -hmm. yeah not like lettuce like that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can trim off a couple leaves of lettuce, no issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't grow head lettuce, so I don't ever refer to head lettuce cause I don't, I don't, I've never grown it and never will. Okay. I don't like it. So whenever I talk about lettuce, just so everybody knows, I'm always talking about leaf lettuce, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's, it's a very, and now if I had one small garden bed, I would probably be all over it, <laughs> yeah. but I have enough space to where I don't need to be all over it, you know? Yeah. So instead of putting, every two it was four square feet per tomato plant Mm -hmm. i'd probably give it five just a little bit more you know what i mean because what i learned early on when overcrowding is just because i have more plants doesn't mean you're going to get more Mm -hmm. you can get more food out with something that has the space to grow than you would if you had more plants and there when i learned that that changed the game yeah there are plenty of vegetables that just don't grow in that confined space right so yes like the root of a tomato plant may be fine for those square feet you're talking about like sitting in the middle you know four square feet but the reality is to your point you'd have to trim the hell out of that plant and we know tomato plants are their vines right you know so you'd have to really keep that in control to so it doesn't you know infringe on the next set of square feet right and that's that is that's mm-hmm. that's a bit of maintenance um so even with the bed that i use for um one of my tomato plant beds it's four by 12 four feet by 12 feet long and I put four tomato plants in there. Um, so that's about, that's actually about three, you know, every three feet. Um, and it did okay, you know. Um, however, I had two plants that, I don't think because of this, but were much smaller than any tomato plant I've really ever seen. And so that's probably why mm-hmm. they did okay. 
you know so there's some compact varieties I think that that speaks well to it, but that's not what the book calls for. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't say your tiny Tim tomato plant in this four square feet space. No, that's not what it's saying, you know, so. Did you read the book? I did. Well, I paged through it. I didn't read it Why cover Why do you have it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay, I didn't read it cover to cover, but yeah, I, I sifted through for those specific things, focusing on the principle and then the specific vegetables I want to grow. Yeah, so it's a huge... It was an eye opener for me because, you know, in in the movie, I have this guy's interview and he talks about how he only does square foot gardening mm-hmm. and he has, I can't remember the dimensions. It was a big garden. And when I first, you know, cause I had never really even thought about it when I first interviewed and he's kind of what caused me to go down this route. Mm. When I first interviewed him and he talked about, it, I was like, damn. So, you know, cause I didn't know much about, it. I was yeah. like, damn, you got a lot of ch- growing in there. You know what I mean? But now that I know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, cause as you read it, you're like, oh, well a tomato, you know, like cherry tomatoes is one square foot. Never. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that's not true. Yeah. And I think you would just work yourself to death trimming stuff, yeah. but what do I know? You've learned some lessons, right? And, and surprising it was to me, you're, you're taking in part, you know, it to the next year. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like in the spring, I'll definitely amend it a little bit, mm-hmm. give it a little bit more space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have no issues with it. You know, yeah. like right now, my um, my Brussels sprouts, they are taking off, but even in the square foot garden plan, I feel like there are. St- you know, as the plants get bigger, I feel like it would be beneficial for me to remove a plant mm, mm-hmm. and let the the bigger ones kind of flourish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, let, let's let the garden play. Like I, I have this saying, leave room for the angels to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just stay out of it. Yeah. So, okay. That's my take on uh, square foot gardening for this year. Good job, though, overall. All right, Batavia. Final one, and I saved this one for last. Yeah, you know what it is too. I know what it is, and it's the same reason I say three square season foot gardening. gardening. I'm sorry. Say what? Say again. Spring, uh, three season gardening. Spring, summer, and winter. And I quote you: "I'm going to harvest food in December. You heard it here first. <laughs> so. I had to go back and re-listen to that entire section because I can't believe that I actually said spring. I'm like, maybe I just, maybe I made this note afterwards and maybe it really wasn't. No, I said it, right? Um, yeah. So I did not meet this goal in the way that I wanted to. Um, I am, and I kind of skipped through a, a season here too. So I did plant snow peas in the spring, Right kicking and screaming I was drug out virtually to my front yard and planted them Um, but that was the limit of a spring garden and that's not really a garden so I missed that and we've talked at nauseum about the shame that it comes with right Um, obviously my summer garden was the biggest thing and it thrived Um, I did have a fall garden right you know I'm still on the cusp of enjoying food in the fall And then for the winter, 
it has been more successful for this year than it was last year. So the quote of going back, I don't know, eight months, I have harvested food in December. It, it ain't a meal, but it's food, right? So that is. What did you harvest in December? Collard greens. There you go. Yeah, man. There you go. It's a win. And what did you harvest in um, spring? Snow peas. The only thing I planted. <laughs> hey, look. Nobody said you had to have a full-blown garden. Yeah, Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, moving forward, is that going to change anything for 2021? So, for 2021, and now you're dipping into a whole series of episodes, I am leaning I towards spring. I know what I'm doing here. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah. professional. So I'm leaning towards spring, summer, fall. Versus That's a, the better way to do yeah, it. Yeah, versus trying to get into winter in Chicago. I think that the idea of fresh food and, you know, how my mind was limited meaning your garden is going to produce fresh food like that's what you're going to have um that's the reason why i was pushing the idea of having food pull, being, being able to harvest food out of the garden in the winter um i it, it didn't occur to me how much food i could really grow in the spring and i haven't done it yet but again we talked about this where the the thing i'm trying to satisfy in the winter I can get on the other side. I can get that in the spring. And so I could really have that spring, summer, and fall being the final part of my garden year, if you will. And then when I fold in kind of um, preserving food, that's going to take me through the winter where I'll have plenty to eat, you know. So the idea of eating some of the veggies that basically I'm starting to grow new in the fall, but I'm eating them from what I preserved in the spring is super exciting to me. Like... Yeah. yeah. So I think that without some of the things that I did this year, I still would probably have, um, I still would probably be hemming and hawing about a spring garden. Like I've put a lot of focus on what spring is going to be. And to be quite frank, and I, I you know, I hate to say it, I just didn't buy that this food would grow in the spring. But I've been. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of research and I just. I'm a believer now and I just didn't believe it before. So it's like, why am I going to go out there, freeze and, you know, try to plant something? You know, what's fascinating to me. You're let's you're what? 10 years gardening. Mm -hmm. 12, 13, 12, 13. Okay. So you're what? An 11 year summer gardener. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, only summer gardener. Yeah. Mm hmm. Only mm -hmm. summer gardening, yeah. That's that's fascinating mm -hmm. to me that you never took that step to go to the next no. level. Like the next, you know, cracking open another yeah. season or what have you. That's fascinating to me because for me, like off Jump Street, I was like, I got to mm -hmm. get as much as I can. How am I going to do it? You know, and I mean, years and years of just like, no. Yeah. It didn't work. It didn't work. Try again. Yeah. Try again. Earlier, earlier, earlier you know, watching the weather. And I think if I was going to give you a tip, I would tell you to not listen to my dog bark <laughs> in the background to start off with. But um, I think what I would say is don't focus solely on the dates that people mm -hmm. give you and 
do you know watch the weather and use that as a judgment mm-hmm. you know use a hybrid of the two mm-hmm. because the weather is different all the time yeah. and i think you're going to be successful yeah well i'm going to i thank you for that tip and i'm going to tell you a part of the reason why there've been there's been a decade plus of summer gardening there are a couple of reasons um Ooh. one if you unconsciously are looking at what's in the garden centers it's only in the garden centers in the summer so in your mind in my area okay this is when gardening happens think about the people that i know that have gardens in chicago they're summer gardeners right Um, and then you think about the idea of and all of that's made it in my mind that you grow food when the weather is warm and so all of the food for so many years that I wanted to grow were summer crops. And it's all mingled in. Like the reason why I wanted to grow summer crops is because that's what's in the stores. That's what you can buy. That's what everyone has experience with. Um, you know, I knew that things were growing in other places, but it's because they had a longer summer season. Like I didn't understand the concept of cool weather vegetables for a long time. Right. It's been yeah. it's, it was years into gardening before I knew that was a thing. Clearly, I know that people that cabbage that I eat was grown somewhere, but it didn't occur to me that that it grew best in cooler weather. So once you start to kind of crack that nut and you realize, wait a minute. So then the next hurdle was, OK, cool weather and Chicago weather are two different things. Right. So it's like, well, in March, so once you get down to the idea of like, okay, so a spring garden, you can plant something in March. And I'm like, do they really know how cold it is? They, infamous they, in right. March, like, come on, you know? And so once you start to poke around there and you realize how much climate, how much the weather really does impact the plant itself, it's all just learning. You learn more and then you're saying, oh, okay, okay, this really will work. And it took a few different times to say some of the things I wanted to grow that were cool weather crops and I was trying to grow them in the summer. It took a couple of those fails to realize this ain't it. And maybe the idea yeah. of growing them in, in the cooler temperatures really is something. So it's, I mean, it's, it's stubbornness to be quite frank because the information was out there. So after I got past no. the point of not, oh, no, no, the first half of the, you know, garden, garden years was just, you know, it was ignorance and it's not being offensive. It's just, I didn't know. And then when the concepts were introduced to me, I was fighting it and that's stubborn. It's like, <laughs> oh, they can do that over there, but that wouldn't work here. And the reality is it can. So I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on. Oh, Here we go. I'm done with my coffee cup. I don't, just so you know. If you, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but well, okay. I mean, I'm running, I'm running on empty here, but go on. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to finish up. So if you look at <clears throat> the way you, you brought up an excellent point, when you go to the stores and you see they have stuff out mm-hmm. that kind of guided you on when mm-hmm. to plant, that's because it's set up for the easier gardening yeah. and it's a marketing perspective. Yeah. Okay. They don't, I mean, cause you don't go there and they're like, Hey, hey, welcome to Bernard's. We got seeds. We got seeds. They're here. You should start them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should start them yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Come get them. Come get them. Hey, we got sales on seeds. Come get them and start them. You don't ever see that, right? But I'm so, applying for that job. I'm going to introduce that that greeter. To, <laughs> yeah. But go on. Yeah. But then you go and you and they have like, hey, we have our all our seedlings are in and you get 50% off. You buy one, get one free. Now's the time to plant. And they really push mm-hmm, it hard. Mm-hmm. And it's not set up for you to kind of extend that season. Yeah. And 
what that lends me to believe, and I don't necessarily believe this, but it makes it look like having a garden earlier than you can get in the stores is a more advanced form of gardening. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is a little bit more advanced, but I think it's an advanced form of thinking about gardening Mm -hmm. is what it is. Mm -hmm. And once you start doing it, like you're starting to unlock the code and understand that like different plants require different Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. Like just go back to the cilantro. Just because you eat it Mexican food doesn't mean you grow it in the middle of summer, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or you've got to provide coolness. You know, just because we eat salads all summer that doesn't mean, you know, like when I think of salad, like I close my eyes, I think of I'm going to eat a salad in the summertime. Mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. not how it is. So funny to me. Salad in the spring, yeah. mm-hmm. salad in the fall. Yeah. But that's how we're trained to think. So it's not really an advanced form of gardening. And it's an advanced form of thinking about gardening. Yeah, I think that and and we'll have to finish this here because I don't want to take this to another episode. Um, there is so much, we may have to take it to another. So there's so much there because the reality again is if I went back and I had to like put my gardening years on a timeline, the first few years I completely was blind to seed packages in the stores. So I only saw the starter plants. I would go into the garden center. They even put the seed uh, racks like off to the side, you know, they're separate and apart. So I would go directly to the garden center and look at the uh, starter plants. If you go to nurseries, most times they have starter plants outside, not necessarily the seeds. So there were years that I didn't realize the at-home gardener started seeds, like grew from seeds. It was again, I thought everyone just picked up the transplants, right? It took me a few years to realize that, too. And so then you fast forward to realizing that there's seeds. And then in my mind, it's the seeds you can direct sow. I didn't know the term direct sow, but I would think that you just plant the seed in the ground. Right. Not even realizing that there are people, a home gardener that has a set of lights or a windowsill in some cases, and they're starting some plants earlier. Right. So, again, it's, you know, my favorite word. It's the progression. Right. And so I think that there are a bunch of people that right may have been gardening as many years as I have and still have that same place of like, wait, everyone isn't buying transplants, you know. And the flip of it, and the thing I love to see is there's some brand new gardeners that are like, but I bought this package of seeds, you know, and I'm like, wow, you're, you're, you're growing seeds already. And it's like, it took me, you know, I don't know, a a whole, you know, census, like a whole decade later (laughs) for me to figure that out. Um, So, I mean, I think that that's, it's again, it all happens in the time it needs to happen in Um, the idea of um, summer gardening. I'll be frank, even if I knew it, I may not have enjoyed three season gardening six years ago, eight years ago. There may not have been time and space and interest in my life for it. And I'm glad that I took the path I did because now I know, for example, I enjoy canning, right? So that lends itself to me growing more food. Meaning if I didn't enjoy canning, I would still be struggling with what the hell to do with all of this food, right? You know, I enjoy making things that I can give away, right? So all of these uh-huh. things had to come in time. I didn't have the time to dedicate to what we're doing now in the garden and garden space five years ago, right? So it's a good thing right. it didn't come across my mind. So, I mean, I think it it all works itself out. Um, I am I can truthfully say when we recorded the episode and we were talking about spring, summer, winter, three season gardening, I was half committed to the spring side of that. 
I was still chasing the winter piece of it because I have been chasing that for a couple of years. Now I you can, mean fall, not winter. No, no. I I wrote down I. Yeah. You meant harvest and winter, yeah. but grow and fall. I did, yeah. That's what you yeah, meant. So, so we got to be clear about yeah, that. Yeah, good point. So I was still chasing that, right? Um, and full honesty, within the last 30 days or so, it's finally clicked. Like, not only can I grow, like, I've, I figured that out over the course of this summer. Like, I can truly start plants in the spring but I also can do it without being fully overwhelmed right you know so that was the whole that was like 80% of why I didn't pull the trigger earlier this spring right because I was in the the throes of being overwhelmed but now I feel like I have my hands around it enough and we'll see I guess in about three months yeah (laughs) I have something to say that I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back until another episode okay and I'm going to I'm going to finish this episode right now mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to ask you a question mm-hmm. and I want a one word answer from you. Okay. And it's either a yes or a no. Okay. No, maybe. OK. No, we'll have to see a yes or a no. OK. In March, if the temperatures and the weather is like it is right now, would you put something in the ground? Yes. There we go. <laughs> you heard it right here in the Backyard Gardens podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody. Check it out. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out everywhere. Um, Help us out. Buy a shirt, sweatshirt, coffee cup, all that good stuff. Just in time for Christmas. Um, If you want some Christmas joy, check out the um, Portrait of a Santa Claus available on Amazon Prime, filmed by yours truly. (laughs) And... We have some good stuff coming out on YouTube. We're doing, um, we have a compost series coming out. We have frost protection series coming out. I'm going to be starting back up the um, budget garden makeover mm-hmm. soon, season two. So I'm trying to formulate that now. And until next time, stay safe, wear a mask, and um, show some love. And um, remember our winter garden checklist? Take a break. It's that time. See ya. Thanks for listening and hanging out with us today. If you want to continue the conversation or just see what we've been up to, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. And we'd love to see your gardens and what you've been up to. So tag your photos with hashtag BYG podcast and we'll share them and help you out with whatever kind of issues you have. We just we love seeing what you guys are doing. And if you want to see some videos that we were producing, uh, you can follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. And we'll be posting clips and podcasts and recipes and vlogs and greenhouse stuff and all that good stuff. Everything to keep your garden soul happy. So head on over to our social media pages and give us a like, a follow, and a subscribe. And until next time, learn to grow, grow for change. And we're going to call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 